All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all moms across this great country, to anyone who's fostered, adopted, given birth, who's played a role in the life of a young person and helped shape them into being a great adult. We salute you. We love you. We send you our prayers, our thoughts, our gratitude, including my own very special mom, Marsha, and my very own amazing wife, Judy. Yes, we have one child. When we were very young, the doctors told us our son Josh would never walk or talk, and my my amazing Judy would not accept that as a diagnosis. And she willed her way, and she willed Josh to an extraordinary overachievement of everything the doctors predicted. He walks, he talks, he is a extraordinary bundle of joy in our life. It's hard to believe he's 31 years old now. It's hard to believe I've been married, 33 going on 34 years. But to my amazing wife, Judy, to my amazing mother, Marsha, Mom, we love you. Judy, we love you. And Josh, you know how darn lucky you are to have such an extraordinary mom that took the doctor's predictions and proved them wrong. Boy, you are so lucky to have gotten Judy as your mom. And God bless you all. All right, we've got a great show. Buckle up. Get ready. Some amazing interviews. Starting off with Senator Rand Paul. Yes, get ready. He's got a lot to say about the disinformation board and its infringement on your privacy, your free speech. He also is very concerned about the purchasing that federal agencies are doing of phone records so that Americans' behavior can be tracked through their phones without a warrant. We're going to talk about that. Then Kevin Brock, an extraordinary former executive of the FBI, one of the people who had the courage early in the FBI community to call out James Comey and the FBI cast of characters, Strzok and Page and McCabe and all those guys, and say, hey, what you did on Russia collusion was wrong. It wasn't a proper predicate. He's got something very powerful to say about Hillary Clinton and disinformation. Yes, while the Biden administration tries to give us a new disinformation office, Kevin Brock's going to call out one of the greatest disinformation campaigns ever waged in American history, one that was waged on the FBI, the CIA, the American voter, and the American news media. You're going to want to hear that amazing interview. You will not be disappointed by that interview. And then we're going to hear from David Perdue. Yep, the 
former U.S. Senator from Georgia, now running to be governor. He's taking on Governor Kemp. He's got a lot to say about kind of a, a growing scandal in Georgia. No, it's election integrity, you're thinking. Well, we're going to talk about that, too. But there is an extraordinary deal that went down in Georgia where the Georgia taxpayers are now on the hook for about $1.5 billion of aid to a George Soros electric car company. And there's some unusual land transaction records. And Senator Perdue is going to get us into that. Uh, and you're going to be wiser for it when you're done. Then we're going to have Seamus Bruner come on. Yep, my great colleague on the book, the co-author on Fallout. He had an incredible story about Stacey Abrams, how she went from rags to riches with the help of the American taxpayer, the Barack Obama administration, shifting the liability of her loans to small businesses from herself, getting rid of that risk, giving it to the American taxpayer who ended up paying off $1.5 million of bad loans and got rich in the process. You're going to want to hear Seamus. And then we're going to finish up with an incredibly delightful guest. I love these entertainment musical guests we have from time to time. Alexandria Korn is a rising star in the country music scene. Remember her name. Remember her first song, the one she wrote about her dog. She's going to join us for a live performance. That's right. We're going to have live music on Mother's Day. What a great gift. What a great show. And I should stop talking. We should get right to work. we got a great show ahead of us. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this message. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens 
can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar's down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Good evening, America, and welcome to Just the News, Not Noise. Every weeknight, we're dedicated to bringing you information, not indoctrination, facts, not fiction. And we're very proud of that. Coming to you from our nation's capital, I'm John Solomon. Good evening to all of you, and good evening to you, John. I am your co-host, Amanda Head, coming to you from the left coast of the country here in Los Angeles. John, while Americans are still stunned from that leak out of the Supreme Court, nevertheless, headlines and news marches on. A lot to talk about tonight. There sure is, Amanda. Uh, here at Justin News, we went through a lot of documentation, carefully reviewed this, uh, and we have been able to prove that the Biden CDC had bought access to millions of Americans' phone records. They literally were tracking millions of Americans' phone records to see how well they were complying with the Biden lockdown orders during the COVID pandemic. A really extraordinary story. One of the many reasons why people are so worried about their freedom, their privacy in this administration. Meanwhile, as the U.S. Senate voted in a bipartisan format yesterday to uh, fight the Biden mask mandate for toddlers, yes, Democrats, seven of them joined the Republicans in over, voting to overrule the Biden mandate uh, for uh, young children having to be forced to wear masks. An extraordinary thing. And we're pretty lucky to have joining with us right now our first guest, someone who knows something about the medical profession. He's an ophthalmologist. He's also the great senator from the state of Kentucky. Joining us right now, Senator Rand Paul. Senator, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. I want to start with your extraordinary exchanges yesterday with the Homeland Secretary Mayorkas. Uh, you really questioned him about this disinformation board. You had a tweet this morning that I think summed up your argument best. No government, no political party should be the arbiter of truth. Tell us a little bit about those exchanges yesterday. You know, the question I ask him is whether or not uh, the Steele dossier represented Russian disinformation. You know, because if we can't even agree on whether or not that was Russian disinformation, how can we expect the Homeland Security to be policing this as if there was any sort of justification for it? But we can't even agree on that. He wouldn't admit that it was uh, Russian disinformation, even though... You know, Horowitz, as I know you know this, but your yeah. your viewers also probably know, when Horowitz, the investigator general, looked at the Steele dossier, he concluded that the FBI, even during the process of looking at it, that many in the FBI concluded or surmised that this was Russian disinformation. Christopher Steele, his sources, he admits, were Russians, high, high members of the Kremlin, he says. So here we have Russian disinformation involved in the election, and, you know, so it shows you how partisan this would end up being. It, you know, if you don't like the disinformation or if it seems to be helping Republicans, they would censor it. If it seems to be helping Democrats, they wouldn't. This is why government shouldn't be involved in the censorship business. Now, Mayorkas responds by saying, 
oh, we just want to have guardrails. Well, I don't want to have guardrails. Guardrails sound to me like the rules on speech, and I don't want the government involved with creating the rules on speech. Yeah, and Senator, I, it, it feels like the government is telling us that we have always been at war with East Asia as far as the messaging, because people hear what they say, and we see different things, and it just doesn't line up. But one of my biggest concerns with respect to COVID is that Americans so willingly gave up freedoms. And as John was talking about with with the location tracking of the Biden administration, it feels like we're now in a place where we can't ever go back to uh, the era where we expected to have privacy from our government, can we? Yeah, and this is uh, sort of the debate with my orcas. It's a slippery slope of where they go. So when I ask him about disinformation, he says, well, we want to stop people who are saying that the vaccine has fentanyl in it, which is an absurdity. And I'm not sure if anybody in the country actually believes that. But the thing is, is there's nothing that stops government from making pronouncements. So if in general there is some sort of untruth out there and the government wants to say, hey, this is not true, you know, the vaccine is, you know, safe, that's fine. But what if the next step is that I say, which I often say that pre-existing immunity, the immunity you get from prior infection is as good as the vaccine or better and should be accounted for in making decision whether you want more vaccines, boosters, how old you are. What if that is next branded as disinformation as many in big tech have done? So I think it is a slippery slope to the point where what happened to me with YouTube. I said cloth masks don't work and they don't and I was kicked off YouTube for it or, or taken down or censored. Uh, I don't want the government involved in that business. I, I hate the idea that big tech does it, but I'm absolutely adamant that government shouldn't do it. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable how far that slope has tipped in the last few years, too. So you have been such a champion of freedom. And I want to ask you about this new capability that the government has, which is just to go out and buy Americans records without a warrant, put together your life pattern based on where your cell phone was, location data, if Republicans get in control of Congress, are you going to take a look at those sort of capabilities and try to rein in the ability of the government to track people by their cell phones? Yes. In fact, you know, this goes back to Edward Snowden when he uh, uh, was the whistleblower that revealed that the government was collecting not just a little bit of our data, but almost all of our data. Now, they kind of justify it and they say, oh, it's not, it's not your conversation. It, we're not really spying on your conversation. It's your metadata. But interestingly, when people look at it, researchers have determined they can tell more about you from your metadata than your conversations. So if they know how long you talk to people and who you talk to. So for example, if metadata includes your doctors and I can look at all of your phone calls and how long you talk to them, I can tell what a lot of your medical diseases are. I can tell maybe if you have something that you don't want the public to know, a certain doctor that you see. If I look at your visa bill, I can see if your medications and what your medications are. I can see what you read. So I don't actually have to, you know, actually hear your conversation. There were researchers that looked at the metadata that when Edward Snowden revealed this, it said that you could tell over 80% of the time what religion people were. So you can evade their religious sphere, their medical sphere, their health sphere, their reading habits. It's a terrible thing to do and government should not be allowed to do this. Now, some sort of set people say, well, it's just open market, it's free market things. When the government does it, and when the government is trying to snoop on your behavior, it's wrong and there should be laws against it. Absolutely. Yeah. It feels like a little bit there are two Americas because we've got a group of people who, as you talked about uh, at a recent event, 97% of free people on planes have ditched the masks. They say no more. 
I walk out in California. It's a liberal state. Most people aren't wearing masks yet. As John cited at the top of the block, you've got Pfizer seeking the uh, booster for kids age 5 to 11. The Biden administration is fighting the lifting of the mask mandate. We've got two different Americas. Going into fall into midterms, do you expect to go more in one direction or the other? You know, I suspect this will lead to the wipeout of the Democrats in both the House and the Senate because Look, do they want to go against 97% of us getting on planes and force 97% of the public, you know, to be back wearing a mask? But you have to also realize the arrogance of people like Dr. Fauci. You know, his comment the other day is alarming, and we should emphasize this until everybody knows it. He said that the courts have no business overturning his mandates. The courts have no business reviewing his mandates. Another way of saying that is, you know, the courts adjudicate the Constitution. He's saying the Constitution has no business looking at the mandates that he puts on individual or free choice. This is alarmingly arrogant. This is something we've never, ever seen. And he should be, you know, rousted from public debate. He should not be acceptable in public debate at all. I'm not talking about through government. I'm talking through public opinion. Public opinion should rebuke a person who doesn't respect the courts, doesn't respect the Constitution, and doesn't respect the individual, and has such arrogance that he believes he is the science. And that if you uh, disrespect him or you question his edicts, you're questioning science. That is an arrogance we have never, ever seen, but that is an arrogance, this uh, surety of your moral rightness. That's the worst type of dictator to get, the one who actually believes that they are somehow morally superior to the rest of us. Yeah, that philosophy seems to be spreading across Washington dangerously. Senator, you um, have been one of the most determined voices in getting to the bottom of where COVID originated and whether the Americans had some role in funding a lab where it could have escaped from. You mentioned if you get a committee chair, you are going to lead this. Why is getting to the bottom of this so important? And what will you do to get that answer? Well, think about this. You know, Democrats uh, go crazy having committee hearings on whether or not plastic in baby bottles is causing cancer. And I've gone along with the hearings to try to learn more about it. We haven't had one hearing. Six million people died from this pandemic across the world, six million people, a million people, more than a million in America died. We haven't had one congressional hearing on where the virus came from. And it started out with a cover-up. So I will subpoena all of Fauci's records, all of his cohorts and his, uh, you know, Alterman, all the people that were involved in this, I will subpoena all of those records. But the reason I wanna get to the bottom of this is not just to have accountability for those who covered this up, but to try to make sure this didn't happen again. Even the, the generalized left-wing media is 50-50 now. They've come to the point where they're 50-50 on it coming from the lab. I'm sort of 95-5. I think it's a 95% chance it came from the lab. But the thing is, is this could happen again. This disease, this COVID pandemic had a 1% mortality, but that's 6 million people have died. What if we have a virus released from a lab accidentally that has a 15% mortality. The earlier uh, SARS had a 15% mortality back in 2004. The MERS, the MERS, which is another coronavirus about that time that was transmitted in the Middle East by camels, that one had a 50% mortality. We have people in China that were experimenting with MERS, M-E-R-S, with a 50% mortality, taking unknown proteins from a bat cave, from other coronaviruses, mixing them together to say, hey, wonder what happens. Wonder if it's going to be more or less dangerous. And then according to Fauci, if you're not predicting that it's going to be more dangerous, it's not gain of function. 
My point is if it's unknown and you're mixing together two unknowns and one is already lethal, that it's a death wish. It's a death wish for civilization. And can you imagine, all you have to do is read stories of the 14th century and what the plague did there when a third of Europe died. It devastated yeah, and it put us back several hundred years. Think of the, scary, the Einstein. Unfortunately, the, sir, we're, you know. we're bumping up against a commercial break. We want to keep us going, but we'll have you back soon. Thank you, sir, very much. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back, America. Later this month, Special Prosecutor John Durham is slated to begin a criminal trial against Michael Sussman, seeking to prove that the former Clinton campaign lawyer lied to the FBI when he passed on what turned out to be false Russia dirt on Donald Trump to the FBI. Our next guest is one of the most trusted names in law enforcement and the intelligence world, and he's been closely watching the case. Joining us right now is the FBI's former Assistant Director for Intelligence, Kevin Brock. Kevin, great to have you on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure, as always, to be with you, John and Amanda. Thanks for the invite. I am a huge fan of all of your columns when you write for The Hill. You do some really great work. And I want to ask you about this because I think inherent in some of the columns you've written recently is that this trial of Sussman is a lot more than just about Sussman's conduct. It's also going to put a spotlight on the FBI, the intelligence community, how it got lured into a political dirty trick, and then its failure to stop something that I think you very early on recognized didn't have a predicate, an investigation without a legitimate predicate what are you expecting to see from the trial from the FBI and law enforcement perspective? Well, the way it's unfolding, and John Durham keeps racking up uh, procedural victory after procedural victory, and it's very heartening to me, those of us who have watched all of this unfold over the last few years, to finally get out and get exposed uh, that which occurred and, and you know convulsed this country for a number of years. Um, this is the way disinformation is really exposed, not by some contrived government agency, but by evidence presented in court that gets at the truth 
uh, of what had happened. And, and what, what Durham is methodically doing is laying out a case that the Clinton, Hillary Clinton campaign, the Democrat Party, uh, used contrived disinformation in a conspiracy, in a conspiratorial way to deceive the American voter ahead of the election. And then after the election uh, to disrupt the presidency of Donald Trump. Don't forget, Durham is looking at more than just the Sussman trial. He is charged with finding out everything that led to the origins of the whole Trump-Russia collusion narrative to include, as you pointed out, the FBI's uh, uh, inadequately predicated investigation uh, of Crossfire Hurricane, as well as um, the Sussman uh, the development of duplicitous information that he then fraudulently uh, uh, gave to the FBI and the CIA in hopes of getting government action. Um, and, uh, and so he's looking at a, a, a totality of factors uh, that, and the Steele dossier as well. So right. there's a lot for him to be looking at. Right now he's focused on the Sussman trial and um, and bringing it to, to justice. But John, to your point, this is much more about, uh, much more than a, an attorney for the Clinton campaign lying to the FBI. Uh, he is using this charge to expose a larger story, a larger narrative. He called it a joint venture uh, of, of conspiratorial actions uh, that contrived information. This is more than just political dirty tricks. Political dirty yeah. tricks usually have some foundation in truth, but they just made stuff up. And, um, and, and, and that was, that, therein lies the fraud. Whether it's a, a federally offense, uh, can, a federal offense can be charged out of this, we'll see. But certainly the American people were defrauded. Yeah, I, th I think you're both right. I think it's more than just about this case specifically. And that bears out in the polls. There was a Rasmussen report that came out uh, seven or eight weeks ago that showed that I think 68% of the American population thinks that it's important for this to get fleshed out by John Durham. And then 50% thought it was very important, but 65% thought that this was that this is worse than Watergate. Do you think that shows a reflection of American sentiment with regard to corruption in the federal government in general? Not necessarily Hillary Clinton, but just public figures in general. Yes, I do. I, I think that we have uh, moved away, particularly in, in the FBI, not not moved. That's probably not the right way to pay it, put it. But there has been a deprioritization because of terrorism, because of cybercrime, because of other awful things uh, of looking at issues of uh, public corruption, corruption of elected officials and other uh, bureaucrats in the government that are misusing their position. I, I've written about this. I feel that we have a crisis in this regard in this country where people are being elected to office and, and, and leaving those offices substantially richer than when they entered them um, because of access they have to information and, and, and networks that they create. So it, it's, it's creating an atmosphere of mistrust with the American people and um, and that's why, Amanda, it is so vital uh, for John Durham to be allowed to do his work. Uh, don't get frustrated with the pace of it. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. be encouraged by the pace of it because it is methodical. And you know that he is and you can tell by these procedural victories that he is he is mounting a case that is difficult to argue against.
Yeah, he's definitely racking up the wins. It's very impressive. Kevin, I want to switch to a different sphere from Russia to China. Um, back in January, uh, the FBI director gave a very powerful speech at the Reagan Library saying China is the greatest threat to America. And it's uh, like the Soviet Union, except they're trying to steal our innovation first and win that way. Two weeks later, three weeks later, the Biden Justice Department closed down one of the most important avenues the FBI had. Is uh, First off, the China espionage campaign that people are talking about right now, how serious is it? And is the, the Biden Justice Department backing off something that we should be on full offense? First of all, I completely agree, agree with Director Ray's assessment that uh, China represents the gravest national, uh, nat- national security threat to this country right now, hands down. It's probably not even close. Uh, I would point out, John, that if you look at the rise of the of the uh, the economy the, of the People's Republic of China, the rapid rise over the last 30 years, it correlates perfectly to the uh, advent and proliferation of the Internet, because that allowed China to start stealing intellectual property and other secrets that enabled them to advance their economy without having to invest billions in research and development, which we do on an annual basis in this country. They just reach out and they steal our R&D and, and, and they're shameless in doing so. Of course, they deny it, but, but you can look at the products that they produce. They're exact copies of, a, of American innovation. So uh, their, their, uh, their rise as an economic powerhouse is directly correlated to the uh, advent of the Internet. Uh, you know, we and, and then to get to your point about the uh, dismantling of the, uh, the academic uh, program, China sends uh, tens of thousands of students to this country every year. This isn't a reciprocal thing. Uh, we, are, we are flooded by Chinese nationals who come to the universities here and learn and, and obtain academic research, and they return home with it. <clears throat> Remember, that the, in 2017, uh, the PRC passed a law where the uh, Chinese citizens are obligated to cooperate with Chinese intelligence and report to them on a regular basis anytime they travel overseas or have interac- interactions with a foreign national. So <clears throat> anything that these uh, students and professors uh, are obtaining while they're here in this country is flowing right back to China. And, uh, under th- uh, because they have to under the law in that regard. So. To, to shut down that as a counterintelligence, um, you know, avenue or, or an advantage that we have or an imperative that we have is a little bit short-sighted. Yeah. Kevin, we've just got about 90 seconds left. So speaking of China and countries that surveil their own citizens, I wanted to get your thoughts very quickly on this new uh, disinformation govern- governance board, your, your quick reaction. Yeah, I think that... Uh, Disinformation um, is in the eye of the beholder. Uh, I think most people suspect that all the disinformation will be information promulgated by one political party rather than the other. And so a governance board, the danger of a governance board like this is, is, is that it will be, be beholden to the party that's in power in, in government at that time to silence or mute opposition viewpoints. Now, DHS, the secretary has gone to great lengths to say, no, we're, we're just interested in encountering Russian disinformation or Chinese disinformation mm-hmm. uh, on social media platforms, but it's 
it's uh, it's something that should be treated, and I think we are looking at it as something to be wary of. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people are disturbed by it, but we appreciate you coming on, Kevin Brock, so much, and we look forward to having you back on again very soon. Wow, a lot to think about, don't you think? Well, we're going to give you a commercial break to mull everything over, and when we come back, we're going to have another interview just as enlightening. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, America. All right, folks, joining us right now, you'll recognize him. He's the former U.S. Senator from Georgia and now a man running to be its next governor, former Senator David Perdue. Senator, great to have you on the show today. John, Amanda, thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, it's an honor to have you on. Now, you've been leading the charge to get more election integrity in Georgia and to also figure out the unresolved questions in, uh, from the 2020 election. But before we get there, you and Governor Kemp, who are running against each other, have had very different reactions to the leak of the Supreme Court abortion ruling earlier this week. Tell us a little bit about where you stand and your surprise and how Governor Kemp has reacted. Well, John, we've waited 50 years for this ruling. Even Justice Ginsburg back in the 90s said that Roe v. Wade was an overreach. And she said one day it would be overturned. And here we are, it's being overturned. And I just stepped out and said naturally that, hey, if I were governor, uh, I would call the General Assembly back into session immediately and call for the elimination of abortion in Georgia. And our governor hasn't done that. And I'm actually asking him to, to commit to do the same thing. I want us to be shoulder to shoulder on this thing, John. It's not a political play. I really think that we've got to join ranks here because we know the onslaught is coming from the radical left. And that's what I've called him out to do and ask him to do. So I've been very disappointed, frankly, that he hadn't chosen to do that, done that. I mean, I'm really trying not to make this a political issue. Really, I want us to be joined at the shoulder uh, and call for that special session. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see how that's reflected in the polls. And I wanted to ask you, um, you you have gotten a bump in the polls, the Trump bump from his endorsement, but also a debate bump. You did very well in the debate, according to the polls, but you're still trailing Kemp. Do you think that those polls are accurate? You know, I don't have a lot of faith in polls. Going back to 2014, Amanda, they had me down significantly against Michelle Nunn, the Democrat, Sam Nunn's daughter. We won by eight points. They had Trump down in Georgia. He won. They had me down in 2020, and we produced 90,000 more votes than the Democrats. 
surprise to most pollsters, 500,000 votes more than Brian Kemp got in 18 against Stacey Abrams with the Trump endorsement. So what we see going on right now is a gap between what I'm seeing out here in the field from December till today, running around the state, taking our message to the people. This is a people versus politicians race. It's exactly the same as my race in 14 when I was running against the establishment. I'm running against an incumbent Republican governor, the establishment. He's backed by all the power brokers downtown Atlanta. And uh, that's what the people are upset with on the election, on crime, on education, on the economy. All these things right now, people are disappointed in the leadership from Brian Kemp. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting debate going on in the state. And one of them is there is a mega donor. We all know him. His name is George Soros. He has plenty of money to spread around, more than a billion and a half dollars a year. He donates to liberal causes. But Governor Kemp has proposed giving a company he owns, Rivian, I think it is, electric vehicle company, a billion and a half dollars in tax money. Your reaction to that? I know you're not too keen on that. John, I'm a business guy. I ran two Fortune 500 companies. Uh, I know what people are looking for when they decide where to locate factories and headquarters and uh, distribution centers. This was a bad deal. Um, what they're doing is they're giving, and, and by the way, they didn't disclose this uh, a number. I've been asking for the amount of money they were investing. These are taxpayer dollars they're investing to bring this company here. It's a California woke company called Rivian. They've never produced a commercial vehicle yet. It's not like bringing Kia or General Motors here. It's a, uh, not a startup, but it is a company funded primarily by George Soros. And we're giving him, watch this, the, on Monday of this week, the governor finally, after I begged him, after the last the debate, after all the debates are done, he finally disclosed that Georgia is committing $1.5 billion, John, to this California woke company directed and owned by uh, Carl, uh, uh, George Soros. So I have a problem with this on three levels. One, they didn't engage the local community. Two, there's no way at a billion and a half dollars this can be an economically feasible deal for the taxpayers with a decent return. And the third is they did not look at the infrastructure and all the other things necessary to do this. And looking at a company like uh, Rivian, an unproven company, we don't even know if they're gonna be able to be successful. It's not like bringing Kia. We brought Kia in here 20 years ago. It was a huge success. And this was just done the wrong way. And I've called the governor out on that. And, and, and we've had no response on that. Yeah, and it's about $200,000 a job. I think if I saw the math that, right, uh, that's, a big, right. that's a big cost per job. Yeah. <laughs> well, the state also Senator, bought I want to talk. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry, man. And they also bought the land, John, for uh, $125 million, some seven guys down there. One was the head of the uh, development board, a friend of uh, the governor, and they sold this land at $60,000 an acre. Now, farmland in that part of the state, that's about six to seven times what it's really worth. So this is a good old boy deal done in the dark of night, and people down there are upset about it because they were not consulted about it. I'm upset about it because it's not really a good economic deal. This may be the worst deal I've seen in my business career, honestly. Definitely not good for Georgia. But, Senator, something else that's not good for Georgia, the skepticism surrounding the elections. A lot of Georgians in the special election following the general back in 2020, I think, uh, justifiably so, had some skepticism and they didn't turn out to vote. Is that still a concern? And if so, how do you assuage those concerns and galvanize and energize voters to get out and vote this time? Amanda, thank you. I, this is still a top issue here. Um, it's the reason I got in the race. Brian Kemp allowed Stacey Abrams to take control of our election process. They allowed her a consent decree that eliminated all um, voter ID form absentee ballots. 
they allowed they wouldn't give us a special session after the November debacle and we saw what had happened. I joined three lawsuits, um, asked several times for a special session, even asked for the resignation of our Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. And since then, I've been fighting through the courts to get at this. I'm involved in a lawsuit right now with the Fulton County Board of Elections to find out if a candidate has legal standing and we want to unseal the ballots. That judge or another judge ruled last May that the evidence is compelling and he ruled to unseal the ballots. Now, he later decided that voters didn't have legal standing and he dismissed the case. So I picked that case up. But what Brian Kemp did is he allowed this fraud to happen. He's covering it up. And now he's suppressing evidence in a way that I've never seen a governor do before. He, I wouldn't have to be running right now if he had investigated any of this. People are still concerned about the electoral process. And what I'm con trying to convince them of is what happened in Virginia can happen in Georgia. Get out and vote. We can overwhelm it and then we can get it fixed. I want a law enforcement agency dedicated to enforcing election law only. I want an audit process for any certifiable race statewide. And then I want to get rid of these Dominion machines. Those will fix it, but I've got to get elected first. Yeah, these are important issues. And there's another one I want to throw at you because you're one of the first ones to understand its importance and get behind it. The possibility that there was harvesting going on in the 2020 election where people go out, take third party ballots. There's always a concern about coercion when that happens. And in Georgia, it's been explicitly outlawed. Are you satisfied the state is investigating that aggressively enough? Absolutely not. I mean, that's what I'm calling the going around on. He could have done this a year ago. We first saw this evidence as it was being developed by True the Vote in May of last year. They presented it to me. I made sure they presented it to the governor. They did present it to the governor's staff and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation, said, the head back then said this was compelling evidence and needed to be investigated. The governor said no. And since then, they have not investigated one uh, issue in relation to this ballot harvesting. This data is compelling. They not only have whistleblower testimony, they have bank record corroboration, they have video evidence corroborating that the guys were there when they said they were. And most compelling is the cell phone data. They tracked the pings and located them and they found 240 other people doing the same thing. We don't know the total amount, but we think it could be tens of thousands of ballots done illegally. We want to find out where the money came from, who paid for that, and we want to put people in deposition, and we want to enforce the law. That's what I've been saying since day one. The crime rate in Georgia is outrageous. The election fraud is outrageous, and it's all because our governor has not been enforcing the law. He was Secretary of State for nine years, governor for four. He has not enforced election law one day in that tenure. All right, Senator, I'm going to ask a question. We need a very quick answer, and it's going to sound snarky. I promise it's not. But if Stacey <laughs> Abrams loses again, is she going to concede? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know. She still might run for president. That's the only thing she's interested in. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Senator, it's always an honor to have you on. We're watching closely. All eyes are on Georgia over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to be watching it, and we really value your time today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good one, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to the president's rally tonight. We're going to have a whole team from Real America's Voice here right after the commercial break. Lots to talk about. A big week of developments. This will be the president's first rally since the extraordinary leak of the abortion ruling from the Supreme Court. We're going to be covering that and a whole lot more right after this commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, America. One of the great things that Amanda and I enjoy is that we have these extraordinary partnerships. And one of them is with the Government Accountability Institute, which was founded by Peter Schweitzer, and also includes our next guest, my co-author, on, on our most recent book, Seamus Bruner, one of the best investigative reporters in this country. And he's got some new news for us. Seamus, what are we gonna break tonight? Hey, John and Amanda, it's great to be with you again. Tonight, uh, we're moving off of Ukraine and Russia for just a moment, and we're uh, in Georgia, focusing on Stacey Abrams and her various self-enrichment schemes. Yeah, an exciting thing. I, I, I wanna lay the land on this. So, if everybody remembers, Stacey Abrams was the surprise candidate of 2018, gave Brian Kemp a good run for his money in the election. And she portrayed herself as sort of this working class woman worth only $109,000 three years later. Tell us what you found out about her net worth and how did it happen? Yeah, that's right, John. This is a, a great rags to riches story worthy of Washington. Uh, like you said, Stacey Abrams just worth a modest low six figures at $109,000 in 2018. Now, that same year, she pulled in close to $300,000 from a little-known, little-heard-of company called Now Account. And Now Account is basically a uh, small business loaning company that uh, loans money to various small businesses in Georgia, ostensibly. Um, now, this company, Now Account, was kind of the brainchild of Stacey Abrams and a few other individuals in Georgia. And what the, what the, what the business model was is they would purchase invoices that were due to small businesses in Georgia, giving them some cash, giving these businesses some cash immediately. Now, those businesses would have to pay back those invoices when they, when they got the money. Well, what we found is, and, and this was a, a really interesting idea. I have to give it uh, credit to Stacey Abrams. She had this brilliant idea, she said so, uh, to put the government on the hook, to get these loans backed by the government so that if any of these businesses were unable to repay the money, the taxpayers were on the hook. It's nice business if you can get it. But what, ha what ended up happening is Stacey Abrams is pulling in 300000 in 2018. Uh, these businesses started to default, uh, several of them, at least 30. And that put the taxpayers on the hook for $1.5 million. Now, as we said, $100,000 net worth. Stacey Abrams, just three years later, is worth over $3 million. That's a nearly 3,000% increase. And now she's got a, a mansion valued at over a million dollars that she recently bought. So yeah, this was a really good business for Stacey Abrams. And it's really bad for the taxpayers. Amazing story. As we're, uh, Seamus, it looks like we might've lost Amanda for a second. So let me go back and ask a little bit more about this. 
Stacey Abrams this risk level that when you do this type of loan business, you're basically taking a loan against future receivables. It's risky. She goes to the Obama administration, right? This program was a Barack Obama administration concept. Tell us what, uh, how the Barack Obama administration got involved in this and made this all possible. Yeah, so this was under the 2010 Jobs Act. It, has a, it feels a lot like Solyndra and the TARP bailout money, where uh, companies that had no business taking taxpayer-backed funds took it anyway, and then they went belly up, and the taxpayers were left holding the bag. So uh, this was the 2010 Jobs Act. Stacey Abrams claimed in an Atlanta Journal-Constitution piece that she read the 2010 Jobs Act and had this brilliant idea of how to get government financing for her private business clients. Now, what's really unsettling about all of this is that at the time this business was founded, Stacey Abrams was the minority leader of the Georgia House. She was very well politically connected. In fact, on the Now Account website, when uh, now her bio has been scrubbed from that website and she's tried to distance herself. But if you go back on the Wayback Machine, you can see her bio on the Now, now Account website and it is just littered with all of Stacey Abrams' government uh, connections. It says she's got close contacts with the mayor of Atlanta's office. She's got close contacts with the development authority. She's got very she's very experienced in tax increment financing. All of these kind of buzzwords that indicate Stacey Abrams has got good crony connections inside the government, which she did. And nonetheless, she's working for a private business. Now it gets it gets weirder and worse. This business now account contracted with the state of Georgia. The, the 2010 Jobs Act funds were released by the federal government, but it was distributed by the state of Georgia. Well, Stacey Abrams has connections, of course, in the state of Georgia. And, it, and the, uh, de, uh, it's the Community Development Agency of Georgia that is dispersing these funds. People inside that office started to get unsettled. They started calling the now account relationship a headache. And uh, kind of it's un it was unseemly. It, it, uh, one of the co-founders of Stacey Abrams' company actually threatened the development authority saying, do I have to involve the legislature? Now, that, <laughs> the, the people inside that office knew that that was sort of a thinly veiled threat. Uh, they said Stacey Abrams in an email, they say Stacey Abrams is an executive at this company, and it raised a lot of questions. Now, th that executive walked it back and said, no, I'm not talking about my co-founder, Stacey Abrams. I'm just talking about, are we going to have to tell these businesses to complain to the legislature? It was kind of a weak uh, a explanation. But nonetheless, the connections just go on and on, back and forth between uh, Stacey Abrams and the legislature and uh, the Georgia, you know, Georgia government dispersing these funds. Unbelievable. Yeah, and, and Seamus, I'm used to public figures, politicians being morally flexible, by the way, on both sides of the aisle. Uh, so I'm used to that moral flexibility, even when there's not any criminality or illegality involved. But is is there any type of illegal or criminal element here? Well, I, I'm not sure that there's any legal or criminal element here. And that's really the most unsettling thing about it. Um, the, the, the law does state that a... Uh, Georgia official cannot own more than 25% of a company um, that is contracting with the state. So if Stacey Abrams had held 25% of this company, that would have been uh, at the very minimum unethical, possibly even illegal. Uh, Stacey Abrams held 16%, but 
but that is a massive 16% when you look at how much the company is worth today. It, it just last year, now account got a $29 million financing deal, private equity deal, um, that, by the way, before Stacey Abrams came up with this uh, business scheme of getting the government to back her loans, that wouldn't have been possible. Just amazing. Well, Seamus, we're gonna have all of this on Just the News in the morning. Uh, everybody can check that out. And uh, thank you for some great reporting. We can't wait to have it. Stick around, folks. We'll be right back after the commercial break. Got a lot to talk about wrapping up today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome back, everybody. We like to have a little bit of fun towards the end of the week. So to help us do that is singer and songwriter Alexandria Korn. You've probably seen her on social media. She's based in Nashville. One of her songs went viral, 10 million views between TikTok and Instagram, a song about a dog, which my goodness, can't we all relate to? Alexandria, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. It is a pleasure. Um, my name is Alexandria. Yo, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, my name is Alexandria Korn. I'm coming here from Nashville, and thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. It's not fun. Yeah, absolutely. And and talk about your song. I feel like you have to own a dog to write a song about a dog, because anyone who owns a dog can totally relate to this song, Man's Best Friend, the relationship that we have with our four-legged family members. Talk to us about that song. Yes, absolutely. So... I have a 100 pound golden retriever. His name is Seamus. He is everything to me, my baby. <laughs> um, I've been writing music for a very long time. Um, I think during COVID, a lot of us music musicians kind of just fell out of place. We didn't really know, you know, exactly where we were going, what we were doing. At least that's how I felt. So, you know, the best piece of advice that anyone has ever given me as a songwriter is to write what you know. Um, I was, again, feeling super un uninspired. Um, I decided that we needed more songs about dogs during COVID and, you know, prior. Um, I've always looked to my dog um, as my inspiration. And, uh, you know, I was, I was listening to some country music. I listen to pop. I listen to everything. And I just, we don't have enough songs about dogs at all. I know there's some out there, but we don't have enough. So I had this crazy idea to write a song kind of to my dog, um, about my dog, what I would say to my dog if he, um, you know, could understand. So the song is called Back Together Again. Um, I, I wrote this song uh, with my best friend. 
initially I had the idea and I took this idea to a bunch of songwriters in town in Nashville and many of them turned it down. They said, no, absolutely not. This song will not sell. Um, so moral of the story is, you know, do what your gut tells you. Um, so I, I, I put 30 seconds of this song on TikTok, not really knowing how TikTok really works. Um, you know, I've used a little bit here and there, but I'm really not great at it. So overnight, the song hit a few million and I had people coming at me, messaging me from all over the world, asking if the song was out, when the song's coming out, um, what the song was even called. And the song was not fully finished at that point. Um, so <laughs> that was kind of crazy. But we ended up finishing the song. I put it out in about a week and uh, it's uh, got over 10 million views across social media platforms now so it's pretty exciting oh you had me melting with those pictures of your gold and i had a golden named coco and we could never have another one because she she melted our heart we could never have another golden after she was a one of a kind what a great song what a great picture let me ask you about this um the way music is produced is so different it used to be you go you work your way up through the music theaters and the restaurants now, one shot at uh, on, on social media and you can go right to the top. You've just signed a big record deal. Tell us what that's like and what's next for you in your journey in the musical world. I did. So I've been in Nashville for about two years now and I lived in LA for four years prior to that. I just signed my first deal. Um, there was talk about it before uh, Back Together Again kind of you know blew up on social media. Um, but I finally signed the deal after the song. So I, I think that that helped. <laughs> um, yeah. So I signed with I signed with Deluge uh, Music Publishing and Grow House Music. Uh, they're both here in Nashville, right on Music Row. So um, I have an awesome team. I love them. They they push me and it's it's the best to family. So it's the best I could ask yeah. for. Exciting. It's amazing how much the music industry has changed and how, how much easier it is for artists to get their music out there and even to create music. Um, and so I, I think it's wonderful that you are able to do this. I wanted to get your opinion um, about some of the shows that you've done in the past, some of your favorite venues, your favorite artists to, to open up with or perform with. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so one of my favorites who I just played with, um, I opened for Eli Young Band uh, last summer. That was amazing. I opened up for him or them in uh, upstate New York. They are so, so cool. I got to hang out with them for the show, after the show. We took pictures, we hung out, we drank a little, you know, it was awesome. Um, but one of my favorites is actually in California. It's called Coastal Country Jam. Um, that was an amazing show. Uh, we played with like Shelton, um, oh gosh, so, so many amazing country musicians. And they're all amazing. They're all so super nice. Um, so yeah, and coming up, I mean, with this deal, there's a lot in the talks, a lot on the table. Um, I'm still working through, you know, with Back Together again. We're really still pushing that song out and every day it just seems to grow. So um, I'm hoping, you know, We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully all good. <laughs> it's only the beginning. That's what I like to say. There is so much energy in country music. We have about two minutes left. I want to ask you about this. I'm a gigantic country fan. That's all I listen to. There's this entire new generation, Scotty McCray, uh, Laura Lena. You've yeah. got all these young people bringing energy, talent. 
Uh, what is it like to be in Nashville with all of that talent gathered together, bubbling and innovating every day in the music space? It's definitely um, a lot different than where, when I was in LA. Um, the scene out there at, as country was, as an artist, a lot smaller, so it was kind of easier to get into. Um, here in Nashville, you know, it's it's country music city, so everybody's an artist, everybody's an incredible musician. Um, you really do have to stick out here um, to even, you know, get your name out there, get, no, uh, get you know, better well-known. Play a lot of shows, that's what I do. A lot of writer's rounds, I mean, if you come to Nashville, there's live music everywhere. So I try to jump in whenever I can. Um, but me, I, I do love to tour. Um, so uh, I'm more of a festival player. I love I love opening for all these artists. And hopefully one day I will get to, you know, be the headliner. That'd be amazing. So we'll see. But Nashville is incredible. I love it. Great place. That's awesome. Well, everybody go and find her on social media at Alexandria M. Corn. And Alexandria, if you're back in California at the Coastal Country Festival, you will have to let me know because I'm in L.A. and I'll pop over and see you. But I'm going to let you and your band go get ready to perform because they're going to be with us right after the break to perform that hit single back together again. We'll be right back. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Told you you 
walk into an empty house All your favorite toys where you left them And I wish that I had a say I'd give you a million days Just to have a more with my best friend You listen when I'm feeling sad Love me even when I'm mad Keep me going when I can't pull through If heaven has so many angels Why can't I? Folks, that wraps up a very special Mother's Day edition. Again, to all mothers in this incredible country, foster moms, adopted moms, birth moms, we salute you. We love you. We're so grateful. And as you're sitting around this weekend thinking, you know what? Prices are getting more and more expensive. Inflation's going up. I'm worried about that creaky refrigerator, that creaky wash machine. Uh Uh-oh, maybe the HVAC is making a weird sound. I have an idea for you. We have an amazing partner. It's called American Home Shield. I use them. They protect my appliances. They have been in business for 50 years. They are one of the most trusted names. And they have been protecting household budgets from the unexpected, like a dryer that won't dry, an air conditioner that lost its cool uh, furnace that won't heat anymore. They help cover the cost to repair or replace parts for over 20 different home systems. They protect my cabin. I love these guys. I use them all the time. I've been in business with them for a long time. Now they're a partner supporting the show and the Just the News brand. We want you to show love for them. So if you're worried, you're thinking inflation's taking a bite of my budget already, I don't want any unexpected repair costs. Not now, and that's uh, air conditioner, the dryer. Something doesn't sound right. Well, here's what you do. Take advantage of this extraordinary offer because you're in the Justin News family and the John Solomon Reports family. And all of us can take advantage of $50 off their most comprehensive plan at American Home Shield. All you got to do is go to ahs.com. That stands for American Home Shield. ahs.com slash just the news. And you're going to save 50 bucks off one of their most comprehensive plan. That is a deal. Trust me. You know what the best deal is? 
you're protected. Something goes wrong, you're going to have a small fee. You're not going to have this unexpected budget crisis when you're already dealing with inflation at the gas pumps, at the food store, at the hardware store. American Home Shield gives you peace of mind. They give me peace of mind. You should have it as well. Take advantage of this incredible offer. 50 bucks off. AHS.com slash Just the News. Protect your home today. Don't even go in tomorrow. Give it as a gift to your mom today. Give it to your wife. Take the worry out of any of those big expensive home systems. Have them covered by insurance. Have them covered by this extraordinary warranty program. We love it. I love it. I use it myself. I can speak firsthand for it because it's part of my budget, part of my protection, and I sleep better because of it. American Home Shield, ahs.com slash just the news. That's pretty easy to remember. 50 bucks off. That's a steal. Go do it today. All right, folks. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of the week. And we'll be back Monday with some more news. And if you need a news fix before then, you know what to do. Go to justthenews.com and check us out. We got you covered with breaking news, exclusive newsmaker interviews, and in special investigative projects all the time at justthenews.com. God bless. Good night. Happy Sunday. Happy Mother's Day. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.